Welcome to Magic Monday, where I explore all things magical, mystical, and metaphysical. I'm Jessica Dewberry, psychic and visionary of Miss J. Do Intuitive. Thank you for joining. Hi there, and welcome to the first ever Magic Monday as a live talk radio show, where every Monday I'll bring you all things magical, mystical, and metaphysical. Um, I am extremely excited to be here, and I hope you enjoyed your Christmas, if you celebrate that, or your winter solstice, and had a just a good time, you know, bringing in the new year with that lovely yet emotional full moon in Cancer. Um, full moons in general are just a great time to to celebrate and to let stuff go and to begin to re-envision or revise what you want to bring into your life moving forward. So coupled with the new year, it was also just prime time to set completely new intentions and goals. So it kind of took on the energy of a new moon too. And around this time, Saturn the planet of wisdom and, you know, just like hard knocks, <laughs> that wisdom acquired through lessons. So it's earned, right? Um, but Saturn returned, returned to its home sign of Capricorn. So there was just a lot going on, cosmically speaking, which is usually the case. I mean, the planets do what they do. We're influenced the way we are, and we do our best to respond accordingly. But I do feel like since since Saturn was returning after many years of being elsewhere, it was highlighting profoundly for many of us the long-standing patterns that we just keep repeating or, you know, what seems to be that major, and I emphasize the word major because we have many, but that major life lesson, that's for us to learn, you know, whether you are one who believes we incarnated with this lesson or just managed by being the humans that we are, to create it for ourselves somewhere in the shuffle. So I just remember during those very, very, like, last days of December thinking, you know, wow, how did I get here again with these specific thoughts and with these specific feelings that, that were feeling really familiar, but just not that good, you know? And it seemed like I was looking at the same, same old pattern that just seemed to keep just seems to keep popping up, you know, no matter what what I did to change it. So, of course, being who I am, I felt around in those feelings for a bit and came to understand like, okay, this is the final push of that. It was almost as if Saturn was saying, "Hey, you know, do you remember this? But don't get too lost in the details because I'm going to show you how how to let it go for real this time." And when I tuned in to to see what I needed to do, you know, I was just shown an image of my body looking in one direction toward the pattern and therefore the past because that's where that pattern is. And then my body shifting and looking in the other direction. So the message around that seemed very clear to me. You know, it was one of just don't dwell in it, look the other way towards the solution because then came the download of the action steps I needed, um, that I needed to take. So you know, I find that this can really apply to anything, though. Whenever we are observing some aspect of our reality we don't really like, um, that we want to change to make better and to have, you know, just so that it feels more aligned with who we are and what we need. 
all we have to do is allow ourselves to look away from it towards where the solutions are. I have never found the answer or solution to a question or problem while sitting in the energy of the problem or question. Um, no, you know, it, it comes in the moments when we are distracted from it, taking a walk, playing with our kids or the pets, you know, so looking the other way. All right, so later in today's show, our guest, Natalie Ely, and I hope I'm saying that right, um, who's a spiritual counselor, holistic healer, and writer, will join us to share her insights on today's topic, which is all about religion. So it was it was a major stepping stone, religion was, um, for me that led to, led to my, to me being spiritual, right? Um, led me to spirituality. And I'll share with you something I've used later also um, many times to just quickly zen out wherever I am. But diving into today's topic, it just felt right to talk about religion while we're still early on in January. You know, so right after the holidays and get togethers, while many of us are still in that fleshy place of giving, um, giving and receiving and doing things for each other from the heart, which are some of the most precious qualities found in religion. However, all of the things that are there also are often the very reason we forget how to be and how to do this at other times of the year. So I know religion is a huge topic and a big place to be, um, but I've been guided to share four essential points that helped me over the span of at least a decade um, that will hopefully help you begin to view it in a different light and navigate some of those shifting feelings you may have surrounding it so you can gain more clarity of where you fit in or what feels right for you or doesn't. So, and I kind of hate to start off with this, but it does, it is really draining um, for me, you know, how people constantly find ways to separate themselves from others, um, to say, well, what I do is not exactly what you do or who I am or what religion I'm a part of is not exactly who you are or what you're a part of. So that makes us different. And it's not just done in a way to feel, it doesn't just feel like it's done to recognize any difference that may in fact be there, but instead to focus on those differences, right? Um, but what you focus on grows. So if we're going to spend our time focusing on what separates us and the differences, then we'll just find more and more of them. When in fact, what we usually want is, it's usually, it's usually the opposite, right? To feel supported, to feel included. Um, so in order to get that though, you have to be able to switch the focus. You know, focus more on the positive, um, focus more on the similarities, on what makes us connected or makes us feel connected. Um, focus more on what brings us together. And that, of course, relates to religion as well. So there is a word I really like, and the word is omnism. Um, and it just means that, well, actually, it's one of the only isms, right, that I can completely support because it's the idea that no one religion holds all the truth, but that truth can be found in all of them. And that truth is really always pointing us to what's at the basis of all religion anyway, if we really think about it, right? It's like at the basis is compassion, understanding, acceptance, and of course, love. But of course, I didn't always feel this way. I used to 
separate everything out to it's something we learn to do given how things work in our society and even when going to for example college even a very liberal college which is where i went there are many many wonderful things i learned and took away from that experience of college but you know and i wouldn't give it back for anything but i can also look back and see that the coursework and the discussions and things going on on campus and what I did with those impressions and that information, it was truly a time when I learned and solidified my ability to just split hairs infinitely and to spot differences among everything. So now I'm going to share with you the four points that helped me stop doing that when it came to religion and to actually appreciate and respect um, the diversity of religions that exist in the world and what they have the capacity to provide for people, but to also understand where I fit into all of that. So number one is that we don't have to stay in the same religion we're born into. There are no set rules, regardless of what family or community may tell us. So I was born into a Christian family. Um, my whole family is Christian, and I was really active in church until, until I was in my 20s. You know, I used to participate, and at one point I was even a deaconess in training, and I used to facilitate Bible study, in part because I was really really good at the literature, you know, at analyzing texts and bringing in outside texts to facilitate discussion. Um, but aside from that, I used to read a lot outside of church and I used to read any and everything. And what that did was to help me broaden my perspective about life and the world and religion. And I finally got to a place where things started to change for me. And I felt that all the things I had learned about religion just weren't really sitting well with me anymore. And regardless of whatever I did, I would never, you know, I felt like I would never be able to fully be who I was as a, um, as a Christian. And that was my truth then. And if you were born into any sort of religion, then perhaps you can sympathize with this or understand where I'm coming from when I say, you know, that there was this closed mindedness that I eventually uh, realized was rooted in fear and ultimately caused me to start backing away from the church um, and back away from my responsibilities that I had taken on because I just had way too many questions that weren't jiving. And these kinds of things made me feel more and more disconnected until, until I just stopped going and participating altogether. And until I started playing around with the idea of instead being spiritual, you know, and with that, um, with that term spirituality, started to explore it more, um, which still feels far more liberating and, you know, later on, I began to purchase certain tools such as the tarot and went back to collecting my objects from nature that I've done for a very long time anyway. So number one, again, is that you never have to stay with any one religion just because you were born into that religion, regardless of what people or family or community may tell you. Um, number two is that you can switch up and change practices however you want and whenever you want. So people used to tell me that I was confused because I left the church 
and I didn't know who I really was and I couldn't change my beliefs. And yes, you definitely can. You know, they're your beliefs. You can do with them what you want. You have free will to decide what you believe and what you don't believe or change that up at any time or assess your values and figure out exactly what things mean for you. So you have full permission, you know, give yourself full permission to explore everything, whatever practice or religion you feel drawn to or are curious about. Aside from um, buying my first tarot deck and collecting stuff from nature, I would also attend all kinds of churches and temples. So there was still this part of me, though, that thought I had to replace Christianity with another religion. That in order for my soul to feel aligned and find the balance that I needed, I had to do that inside of some type of um, church or religion where others were doing a were doing a similar thing. But I did allow myself to also do whatever I felt drawn to. So I was practicing, um, practicing I Ching and meditating to the call of prayer and reading up on Buddhism and using sage and trying out different religions for myself to decide, you know, like, okay, does this one feel good? Maybe I should try that one. Maybe I should be that, you know, maybe I should go here. And so you can do that, you know, with not only religion, but with whatever else is in front of you to explore. So number two, again, is to explore and give yourself full permission to do that. You can explore any religion or any practice that you feel drawn to. All right, so number three, is to get comfortable and content with not being a part of any organized religion if that feels like the right thing for you. So like I said in number two, I was trying on different religions to see you know, which one would stick for me, but eventually I decided I didn't want to be a part of any religion. And once I really understood that I didn't have to be, um, you know, that religion that I was born into and that I could explore, the next step for me was knowing, was just knowing that I didn't have to choose one at all. So I became perfectly fine with mixing and matching, you know, how I saw fit based upon how I felt and what I needed. Um, I started completely doing my own thing outside of any one religion and that allowed in all of this, you know, just new light and new perspective on what religion is for me and ultimately led me to a lot of new ideas about it. So, you know, now meditation is my religion. Nature is definitely my religion. Um, I come across others who say love is their religion and that feels good too. So you get to decide what it means for you and how it fits into your life and, you know, not the other way around. All right, so number four is just, it's just the embodiment of knowing. We never have to reach outside of ourselves to connect into divine wisdom or divine energy. So it is already within us, right? So we are our own universe. And when I say that, I don't mean that there is so many of us that we are helping to create the number of people in the universe or that um, that we are in co-creation with this universe outside of ourselves, although we are that too, right? But it's like that Rumi quote um, where he says, stop acting so small. You are the universe in a static motion. 
So I was at this event recently where um, there was this astrologer who was talking about how each planet connects to the chakras. So it's almost like we're our own walking solar system. You know, if you think about it, no two people even have the same fingerprints. So how phenomenal is that? And how, you know, like uniquely designed are we? But I feel that religion, the disconnection that happens is, it's just that it always has us reaching for something else, um, for, for some God or deity without placing as much emphasis on pulling up that wisdom from within. So from, um, you know, it's because that God, right, is just an avenue for us to connect back to the wisdom that we already have and are. So within us is already all of the answers we will ever need. And I feel like when we reach for things outside ourselves in religion and other things, we think that that will be the thing that comes in and changes our lives or opens our eyes. And really, that takes place from a place within. So we can always connect to that energy or into that wisdom because we carry it. You know, we carry it with us. It's in our body, in our cells, and in our psyche. Another mentor said said something great, and I love the way she said it. She said, um, we are already the gods we're seeking. You know, and this has made me begin to look at even how I do what I do as a psychic. So when I say that word psychic, you know, because some people really get <laughs> weirded out and geeked out by it. But when I say that word, I just mean that I am able to read energy in a very heightened way. So I can connect to not only the living, so people, plants and animals, but also to inanimate objects and often receive messages from people who are deceased. So I've always liked to think that I am working with a team, you know, when I'm giving a psychic reading. But, and by that, I mean that, you know, I've got my guides and the person I'm reading, they've got theirs. And my team and their team are having a conversation. And I'm just, you know, delivering the images and the messages. But recently, I talked to a man who is a part of a psychic school, right? Um, and he told me he looks at it in a completely different way. He feels that by thinking that we are working with a team the way I like to think, it's still doing that very thing of reaching and therefore relying on something that is not us, on something that is outside of us. So he believes that, um, let's see, that during a reading, all of the information is coming from that place of knowing within us, which is the very thing I'm talking about here in connection to religion. So I do feel, you know, like he's onto something. I can kind of jive with that. Although I, f I also feel like I'd really have to just let it settle, settle in, right? To settle for a bit, for me to settle into that, um, to first see if or how I could have that work for me, that idea. Um, so again, when it comes to religion, we never have to reach for something outside ourselves to find divine wisdom or divine energy because we are this. Um, we are our own universe and we carry this with us. And, but at the same time, though, I want to acknowledge that 
religion can be and is for many a catalyst for stepping into the place into that place of soul alignment. Um, and by that, I mean feeling at one with who with who you really are, for feeling a part of something larger than yourself, um, for restoring hope and faith in yourself and others, right? And that is very special. Um, and for being more accepting and appreciative of life and all the dynamism that everyone around you and the world brings to it. But, of course, there's always the flip side of the coin, as there is in all things. So whereas religion can be and do all the wonderful things that I just mentioned, it can also, if a person allows it, um, to create and, and perpetuate the exact opposite. You know, that idea of, for example, my way is the best way because of who my God is and the religion I am a part of is first and foremost extremely anti-godlike within itself and especially when it's accompanied by violence but throughout my journey of becoming the psychic and the visionary that i am um, and that i continue to become i i am constantly meeting new people you know more and more people who are on a path to help transcend and expand our collective consciousness as it pertains to religion and how we interact with it. So one thing I do find admirable is when I meet someone or hear about someone who has managed to both step into their spiritual gifts in a major way as a spiritual teacher or healer or a psychic or medium, while also still considering themselves very much a Christian or Catholic or Protestant or whatever it is, right? Um, because it never has to be one or the other, you know, and they are living proof of that. So please don't listen to this show and feel like, oh, my God, I know I'm a healer making my way to fulfilling my purpose. Does that mean I have to leave my church or drop my religious association? You know, of course not. But I do encourage you to to just evaluate, to just you know, really assess how well it's working for you and be honest about it. Um, I just know that for me, my path of least resistance as it relates to religion and to sharing my spiritual gifts openly was just to set religion aside altogether. It just um, just felt like too much to get caught up on to get caught up on, and there was too much. I was already I was ready to expand. To expand beyond. So I hope that helps you at least begin to broaden your perspectives of what religion is and what it means to you and perhaps for other people. And um, I was hoping Natalie Ely, our guest for today, would be here with us now. So I feel like we should give her just a couple minutes here um, to see if she'll call in. But if not, you know, we'll, we can leave it there or perhaps I'll go ahead and talk about these entangles that I wanted to bring up to you. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to to get to Natalie in a second. Um, maybe she's making her way, you know, to the phone lines. But um, she is a fellow spiritual counselor and holistic healer and writer 
and will hopefully be joining us soon to share her insights on this topic and to talk with us a bit about the afterlife, which is one of the most important and major aspects and debates within this topic. You know, every religion has their different take on the afterlife. Um, and what I find most fascinating, I guess, about the afterlife is that I mean, it's like, it's like nothing else, you know, it's like everything else, really. It's like nothing else and everything else. Yeah. Um, but really what we begin to believe about it, you know, is gosh, like we create our own heaven or our own hell. Right. Um, and I've heard from, from those who have had near death experiences and things like that, you know, what, whatever our beliefs are about the afterlife, um, before they had that experience, you know, and, and being able or having that experience of like touching the other side, right. Of going, um, farther into that spiritual realm than most of us go or have the, um, privilege of going to and then returning, right? Um, they have shared that whatever their perceptions are or the ways that they viewed the afterlife, you know, that is what they saw. So how could there ever be just one type of afterlife that exists, right? You know, so that is always a very fascinating topic for me. And I'd love to hear what she has to say. But while we're giving her, her uh, a few minutes here to call us, I will share with you really quickly just the thing I want to do to share with you that um, helps us or has helped me many times, you know, just kind of zen out. Right. And you really don't need more than just a pen and a piece of paint, piece of paper. So like I was saying, you really just don't need more than a pen or a piece of paper. Um, so I'm just going to talk to you briefly about mandalas and zen tangles. So mandalas are a. Oh, we've got Natalie on line one. So, Natalie, are you there? Basically, I would say I would have to agree with you. Um, a lot of things that, you know, you say about religion. Um, I don't prescribe to any one religion. Mm -hmm. I believe uh, they all have something to contribute. I've studied yeah. comparative religion in college, and I've also dabbled in many religions and stepped foot into Catholic churches, Buddhist temples, gudwaras, etc. Um, my preferred religions will always be Eastern, just because of the freedom and the path to one's own destiny. Um, I believe should be unique on a spiritual level. Um, it is my belief that the universe hears us all, and while every religion contributes to the greater whole... Only the soul can determine what it needs to do um, in order to reach the higher power in this life or lives, if you believe in reincarnation, um, which I do. Um, and as a spiritual counselor or as spiritual counselors, um, I believe it is our duty to recognize spirituality as a path rather than a destination. Um, we are here to help and guide those that need to find this path. Now, I wrote a book on life and death and to enlighten people on life and death as a process and a perspective of both Eastern and um, Western religious beliefs. The book is called uh, The Chronicles of the Omniton, The Journey Through Consciousness, because that is exactly what it is that we are doing um, as conscious beings. We are moving through one conscious state to another, 
And all religions agree in life after death. The spirit does not die. And as spiritual Mm -hmm. counselors, I would say that we are the best proof of life after death, given our abilities to see beyond um, and the ability for the spirit to connect to a higher power and deliver these messages uh, should be proof enough that we are living spiritual beings. Yes, I like. Yeah. I love the way you said that. We are living proof of life after death. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I so, believe you have. So, some, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I believe you had some uh, questions specifically about um, what the afterlife is like, or just um, in that realm, that sense in general. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to have a conversation about it. I don't really have any specific questions, but I'm always fascinated with um, with the afterlife. I know I was reading one book where this woman um, does, she did a lot of um, regression work, you know, so past life regressions, and she was actually the hypnosis and um, the hypnotist, excuse me, and right. she... Yeah, and she would record all of these different sessions that people were having, you know, traveling to different realms, um, going into what they considered, you know, to be the afterlife, and just kind of, you know, exploring it. And she would be there with the recorder, jotting it all down. Now, sometimes when these people came to or came back from um, from being hypnotized. Um, they didn't quite remember it, you know, the way that she had recorded it. Um, sure. And so I'm just always fascinated. But one of the things that sticks out, and I was mentioning this before you called in, it's just that um, there were so many different um, ways that the afterlife was described, you know, and even that in itself, I mean, it's it says so much, right? Because I feel like as a Christian, you know, when I was a Christian, um, mm-hmm. They, it was it was explained to me in a very you know just one way, um, right? Golden, you know these golden gates, this light, these wings, you know those kinds of associations. But sure. every everyone else cannot be wrong. You know what I mean? And no, so exactly, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just always always amazing to me, um, especially how this one of the people that she wrote about or that recorded recorded the session the session for was saying well it's it's anything that we that you want it to be so if you believe you know there is this this hell with fire and brimstone and all of that that's going to be what you get you know if you believe yeah that you're going to see wings and um you know whatever it is god is a person you know that's what you're going to see you know and so it's just amazing um how much how much control really we have not even over just the realities that we have here, you know, mm-hmm. in this plane and this like 3d existence, but even beyond, you know, that we carry with us. Yes. Yes. And I described the same things in, in my book because I had to do a lot of research over the years. It took me seven years to write um, a lot of research on the supernatural and life after death and religion and how it all kind of tied into the bigger picture. And what I found is, is astounding. There's so many avenues. There's so many ways that, you know, we can find uh, proof of, of life after death. You know, that all religions have some piece to the puzzle. We can't disregard any one. 
Um, right. And that's my personal experience on it. Um, there's definitely, um, like you said, uh, therapies, you know, that people use, um, past life regression, um, uh, near-death experiences, um, plenty of things like that where people have been able to come back and, and say, you know, this is what I've seen. But, um, and definitely the point, oh, another point that you made, um, that heaven and hell, I mean, if you want to call it that, uh, exists right. in, in the soul. It exists in the right. soul. And mm-hmm. for people to, you know, see, you know, the darkness, I mean, it's, it's a place that they, they put themselves. Um, I right. don't believe, I believe that we are the ultimate judgment of ourselves in the end times, um, the end of our lives. Um, that there's no higher power saying, you know, uh, you've done this or you've done that. It's, it's the judgment at the end because you cannot hide what you've done. I mean, you right. know what you've <laughs> done in your life. You know, there's, you know, you're the only one. I mean, sure, there's a, a higher power that, you know, can see, but we're all connected to it. So yeah. with that being said, um, you know, we are the, we are the ultimate uh, judges. And we will put ourselves in a place of, of good or bad, depending on how we feel and what we need to learn from our life yeah. so that we can yeah. move on to a higher place. And if we haven't right. learned it, then maybe, you know, that's where reincarnation comes in. You know, we have to come back, you know, or maybe we don't. But it it's, it's depends on your own personal belief and your own path. And I agree with you on that, too. I think that uh, it is your own path you have to find um yeah and i don't yeah exactly yeah fascinating stuff amazing go ahead Mm -hmm. i very much um believe that and that's kind of why i've always migrated towards eastern religions i mean i was baptized lutheran and but i have a lot of asian cousins so i was kind of exposed to buddhism a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, already, and then um, my marriages led me to that as well, um, to Eastern religions, and I just found them to be more freeing. Um, but again, it's a personal preference. It's how are you connect to the divine, and wherever right. you find peace and harmony in your life, exactly. Yeah, and that that is one of the um, really beautiful things I think about religion. Um, it's really it, it helps us better understand what, you know, what it feels like to be, to be aligned, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because you, you can, if you look at it as a tool, you know, it is used in many ways to help, like I said, people better understand how, what it feels like to be aligned, although it's not spoken about that way. And I'm saying that because I remember as, um, you know, being being a Christian in the church, and when we would begin to sing, because I was also in the choir, when we would begin to sing songs, mm-hmm. you know, and how good it felt, right? Just that, just that release, I guess, that was happening through song. And I, I can now look back at it, and it was like, wow, that was a moment of true alignment for me, you know? Um, but I wonder what, because like I said, there's just that disconnect, right? It's not talked about right. in church that way. And it's always, I feel like we just, we don't get that sort of, um, uh, I don't want to call it an objective stance, but we don't get that sort of, um, 
higher way of of looking at religion, you know, that I feel like people really need. Um, right. Do you understand what I mean when I yeah? So is there yes, anything that a, you want to? What'd you say? There's a disconnect there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I just wonder why, you know, like why? So we all have free will, and um, just as anyone goes to church, we can choose to wholeheartedly believe what what the um, the pastor is saying in front of us and only take his sure. word for it, or we can choose to do the work for ourselves, you know? Right, um, which we should be <laughs> Right, right. And I feel, though, like even doing the work for ourselves, like that's not necessarily um, encouraged. It's not something that's, you know, saying, hey, or even suggested, really. And so oftentimes people sit in the pulpit um, and I say people because I I, as as a younger person, I used to be this person. And you take Mm -hmm. you take what the preacher says you know, as, oh, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. This man is good. And you almost begin to see him as someone who is higher than, you know, higher than right. you, um, which is just it's just not helpful in terms of our own development and growth. So exactly. But yeah. I feel like we are moving towards a more spiritually aware time. And yes, that is what I hope for the future. Um, and I always you know, encourage people to be more open-minded, just not only yeah. to religions, but just to other cultures and other ways of being. Um, and ask the questions, you know, uh, dive into things, you know, the topics, the discussions, and really try to find your own spiritual path, because it is part of us as, as a species. Um, you know, the human race, we are spiritual beings. It is necessary for our lives. I mean, some people can go through life without being spiritual. But I believe that almost every person eventually does find it in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's only so, I feel like there's only so long before, uh, that we can just push it away and push it away without, mm-hmm. um, you know, without something really like just slapping us in the face. <laughs> slapping us in the face mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, it's now time to pay attention. And you're right. Um People who choose not to to really have um, a sort of investment, I guess, in their spiritual evolution, um, they do find it though, you know, in moments. Um, in, and so in moments, yeah, 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 because we are all spiritual beings, and so how can we not, you know? So right, yeah. and yeah. and the people that do come to me and you, you know, with the questions. Um, about uh, counseling and seeking help and guidance. And and a lot of times I feel like, you know, maybe they are lost. Maybe they do, you know, feel like they need something. That's why they're reaching out, but they don't know what it is that they're that's missing from their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and in a way I try to present that as well. You know, be, be more open-minded. Don't be closed-minded to the possibilities of the world, the things unseen. Right. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of times it's just about unlearning, unlearning things, you know. Um, so we've got mm-hmm. this natural tendency to sort of, like I was saying at the beginning, like harp on the problem, look at the difference, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just a learned, a learned behavior. And it almost 
almost feels counter. I won't even say almost. It, it does at times, or at least for me in the past, felt very counterintuitive to to not dwell upon, you know, whatever problem it was that I was facing. You know, it's like, oh, look away. How can I do that? You know, um, and so I feel with people that I give readings to, you know, who come to me for some sort of insight or advice, um, it's really sometimes comes down to that, you know, like, okay, so you got to, it's time to exercise that mm-hmm. when this happens, you know, and it's just really this, um, it's really just a muscle, you know, like unlearning and now building up the muscle to, to get the momentum moving in the direction that you actually want it, you know. Um, yeah. Right. And can we move back to the uh, topic about the afterlife again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. To um, give a little bit more information about that and about what I know about it. Um, Being an intuitive, it kind of uh, gives you information into, you know, uh, I guess you would call it, yeah, the afterlife Um, and what it's like. um, Every religion has its interpretation, right, you know, of what uh, heaven and hell is, you know, what happens when we die, uh, so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said before, I believe in reincarnation. Just because I don't think anything is really final. I mean, to me, it just seems too easy for it to be final. But then again, you know, that's just my own opinion on it. Um, but the way that I've seen the afterlife and in my research and listening to stories of people I've had near-death experience, and um, what different religions portray as an afterlife. Um, It's basically a place, you know, we go when we die, um, but it's a place that we create. Um, We can create our own version of heaven, uh, whatever we want it to be. Um, It can be something beautiful. It can be, you know, filled with all the things that we love, all the things that Mm -hmm. we associate with, you know, happiness or paradise. Um, and also a place of continual learning um, from what I gather. Um, we never stop growing. We never stop learning. We never stop adding to the bank of experience, of, of human experience. There's always more to give. There's always more suffering to learn from. It doesn't end. And, and then that suffering being coming from a place, you know, that we put ourselves, you know, only we can see the way out of it. To the light, you know. Um, yeah. Nobody can help us do that. We have to find a way out. So, in a sense, you know, I do in a way believe there is a dark place, but maybe not mm-hmm. in the way that uh, Western culture dictates. It's more of of a place to grow, to learn from mistakes, and yeah. to move on from that. Yeah, and, and that, that is how. That is how it was described in that one book. And gosh, I wish I had the title of it. No, I have it behind me somewhere. But um, mm-hmm. that's exactly, you know, how it was described in that in that book as being a place of um, of just learning, you know, the afterlife of readying yourself. Um, right. Uh, yeah. To to go ahead to go forward again and like learn that larger lesson, you know, whatever it is that you needed to learn. Um, but it right. was also it was also a choice. So some people, um, exactly. as she recorded, exactly. yeah, 
she was saying this this author was saying that um, well they they chose not to not to go forward you know right away um, they wanted to stay mm -hmm. in lower frequencies there was things for them to figure out you know or right. they were really connected to their 3d experience and so they they were not ready you know not even for the next right. step yet so they ended up right. in a place that seemed just like um, the place that they had here on earth you know sure. Um, yeah, yeah, and so it's quite fascinating. Now, what do you what do you think about um, about the idea that you can choose to to not return if you if you so desire? You say, nope, I've had enough of the human experience. I do not want to to reincarnate again. I believe that is a choice as well, and we get to that point when we are ready. And we know in ourselves, that comes back to the whole judgment thing, when we know in ourselves that we are ready, that we are done, you know, having these experiences, giving back to the universe through ex these experiences, then we are ready to join that higher, that higher light, that higher self um, that exists mm -hmm. out there. And in my book, I call it the Omniton, just because if you look at it literally, it means all thunder in Latin which is essentially what the universe is made oh, of, right? Nice. Home, it, mm -hmm. it is, exactly, it is the sound of the universe. That is where we originate. That is my belief. Um, but yes, we do, we do determine that. And our, our heaven can be a paradise, um, anything that we can possibly imagine. And our hell can be as scary and as violent as we feel we need it to be, or it can just simply be a room where we right. lock ourselves in and we write page after page after page until and, and a candle that never dries out because mm -hmm. or burns out, I should say, because that is where we feel we need to be. That is our own personal hell. And, yeah. and that's what I've described in my book for people who don't uh, know exactly what, what it is that I'm talking about. But um, that's my vision of it. And, uh, and I would agree with you on that. But uh, okay. we, we do move on when we feel we are ready. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a real pleasure. I appreciate Absolutely. all of your insights. And, you know, wow, um, we just met recently. And so it's yes, great did. to have you here <laughs> and, and to learn so much about you and what you're doing. Um, so I'll definitely thank have to, to check out your books. Um, but thank you again, hon. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Good night. Good night. Talk to you later. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. All right, you guys. So we've got just a few minutes here, and I wanted to um, get in the information. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, that was really some powerful stuff, um, and I am excited and ready to, to um, read her book for sure. So I will make sure to list that in the comments, um, how, whatever way I can here to, to give you guys that title to make sure that you have it. Um, but just wanted to talk, talk to you really quickly about a tool you can use to just zen out really quick. Um, all you need is a piece of paper and a pen. So I think I mentioned the title before Natalie came on, but it's, um, you know, or mentioned what they were called. So mandalas and zentangles, right? So a mandala is just a Sanskrit word that means circle, and it's representative of 
the universe in Buddhism. And so we've got these great patterns that hold all the symmetry, right? So these concentric patterns that's mostly comprised of squares and triangles. And so um, lots of people, you know, now create these mandala coloring books, um, which help us, like I said, to just zen out, to clear our thinking minds and relax as we color these patterns um, and to connect back in and to ground and center you know, center ourselves. And that's the same idea behind the Zentangle, the um, Zentangle, excuse me. It's used for the same reason. So lots of psychologists use them. And um, so when patients come in, they'll give them a sheet of paper because you don't need printed pages for Zentangles. You just need a sheet of paper and you section it off, um, section off the page with squares or triangles or whatever you want, and you fill them in with different patterns. So whatever pa patterns flow through your pen. But whenever, you know, I talk about mandalas or zentangles now, I think of this woman who, who I met when I was in grad school. She came to one of our parties and she did these fantastic henna designs on everyone, but she wasn't just a henna artist. She was also um, also a Reiki practitioner, you know? So everyone's design was very unique to their own energy. And it was really just a great thing to do. So again, whenever you need a quick dose of Zen out, you know, whip out a mandala coloring book, which you can find right there on Amazon, or grab a sheet of paper and a pen and create a, create a Zentangle. Um, so, all right, everyone, that is all for today's Magic Monday. And if you have a show topic you'd like me to discuss, you know, feel free to leave it in the comments section. And I also want to quickly mention that every third Monday of the month, starting in February, I'm opening the lines up to those who'd, um, who'd like a totally free live mini psychic reading on the air, right? So it'll be kind of like, you know, first call, first serve. Um, which I am extremely excited. Thank you so much for being here and be sure to tune in every Monday at 5 p.m. on Station 2 to learn more about my upcoming events and classes and to experience a reading for yourself. Visit my website at readings .missjdu.ca and I'll talk with you soon.